Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Okay, if you have your Bibles, would you open up to Joshua? Joshua chapter 5. And uh, we are finishing the Promised Land series today, though not to say that we're not going to uh, be talking more about the promised land and how to get there. And it's the promises of God. Promised land for us is very significant because it represents the promises of God, how God wants to give us much more than we're even able to believe or think of for ourselves. And so we saw in Deuteronomy over the last uh, nine weeks or so how there were seven nations that they had to defeat. <clears throat> and so we... we, we you know, just opened up how these seven nations, the seven giants, seven spirits that all of us have to defeat. We all have to defeat the giant of fear, the giant of worldliness, the giant of pride, the giant of materialism, the giant of rebellion, the giant of confinement. And last week we had a look at the giant of discouragement, which is just one of those giants that creeps up on you, really does creep up on you and, um, and just discourages. And so many people are no longer alive because this giant of discouragement actually told them their life is not worth living. And they've taken their life just simply through this giant of discouragement. But God wants to speak encouragement. And I want to speak encouragement into your life. I'm here today to build you up. I'm here today to give you hope. I'm here today to show you that there's a better way. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of life. And those that have Jesus don't live hopeless existence, but live full of hope and understanding that if God be for you, who can be against you? So what we're going to be looking at this week is how the children of Israel entered the promised land and they actually took the city of Jericho. And it was, um, it was this city of Jericho was the citadel of Canaan. It was the most powerful citadel in all of the land. It had walls so thick that uh, historians tell us they used to chase, they used to race chariots on top of the walls. And in Deuteronomy chapter 9, it talks about um, the walls of the city being so high, it looked as if they reached up to heaven. It was an impenetrable fortress and it stood between them and the promised land and we're going to look today at the four principles to bring down the citadel to bring down your stronghold and so so Jericho for us represents that thing in our life that seems insurmountable do you have a thing in your life that seems insurmountable do you have a fortress that that, that just, it's, it's placed between you and your promises. It's placed between you and your dreams. And it seems like this thing has never been able to be defeated. It stands there laughing at you, scorning you. It's like your Jericho. And I want to tell you today, God's going to bring it down. Can anybody say amen to that? 
Okay, let's, let's read in Joshua chapter 4, uh, sorry, chapter 5, verses 13. Joshua 5, verses 13 to chapter... Yeah, I've got that wrong. So it's a long reading if we're going to go from chapter 4. It's actually chapter 5, verse 13. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him, and he saw drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Let me press pause there for a second. <clears throat> because this is what's called a Christophany. A Christophany is the appearance of Jesus before the incarnation. So Jesus took form and came on earth before the incarnation as the Christ. And, and you say, well, how do you know this? Because later on we find that he accepted worship. Angels will never accept worship. It's only God who accepts worship. So we call this event a Christophany or a Theophany. And uh, there, there are many occurrences of this. This happened with Gideon as well. But here's Joshua who gets a vision of Jesus before the incarnation. And the vision that he has is as the commander of the army of the Lord. Everybody say the commander of the Lord's army. Oh, I love that. So, so he didn't know. Joshua had never seen this before. He, he, he never realized that God was with him at this level until this occasion. And so he said, well, are you for us or, or for our adversaries? And, and God said, no, but as commander of the armor of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. How many of you, when you were in Sunday school, used to sing Round the Walls of Jericho? How many of you can remember? Round the walls of Jericho, round the walls of... How many of you remember that? How many of you are way too young to even contemplate a song of that theological depth? And then, and then what happens at the end, all us kids, we used to sing, and the walls fell down and we all fall on the floor. That was, that was the highlight of children's ministry back in the 60s. We all fell on the floor. That was, that was the way that it was back then, Aaron. Okay, how many of you know we've come a long way since those days? But you know what? For so many people, this story seems like a children's story. But in actual fact, archaeologists have discovered the truth of this scripture. Why don't you Google it? Not now, please, not now. 
when you go home, Google the walls of Jericho. And uh, what's fascinating is that archaeologists have discovered, uh, because Jericho is historically the oldest city in the world. And it was the oldest city in the world, so it had a long time for them to build these walls. And they built these walls, and it was like Jericho was on this mound that was surrounded by a retaining wall. And then on top of the retaining wall, they built these walls. And the walls were at least four meters high, if not higher. So you had the retaining wall underneath, the walls on top. And then where the children of Israel marched was actually much lower ground than where the city was built. But what archaeologists discovered is that when the walls came tumbling down, they came tumbling down over the retaining wall, filled the gap around the retaining wall and actually became a ramp into the city. How awesome is that? The walls fell down, filled up the gap, became a... And that's... Read that on Google. It's it's just fascinating. But anyway, what I want to share with you are the four principles of possessing your promises. There are four principles in this scripture that will help you defeat your Jericho. Bring down the walls that stand between you and the promises of God. Okay, so principle number one is this. You got to get divine connection. What happened with Joshua is that he had the revelation of Jesus. He got this revelation that God was for him. And and when you get this revelation that God is for you, it removes fear. How many of you know that the purpose of the enemy is to bring fear into your life? How many of you have ever encountered a scenario where it just rises, it raises up Fear in your life and fear begins to grip you. Maybe, maybe you get a phone call. Uh, oh my goodness, I tell you. You know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing being parents. But let me tell you, it is a scary thing when you get that phone call in the middle of the night. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anne, Anne and I, when, when our kids lived at home, we would, you know, just not be able to sleep. We'd sleep with only one eye shut. The other one was open until all the birdies were in the nest. And um, there's, there's amazing things that create fear in our lives. You know, some of you are facing sickness. And is there, is, there, is there a reason why this is blowing like that? Or is it just me that he's the, the blowing? Okay, it's just me. Okay, never, never mind. Situations arise in your life that cause fear. But I'm telling you, the way to overcome fear is to connect with the divine. Connect with God. Because when you connect with God, the word of the Lord for you is that God is before you. God is behind you. And he's always beside you. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Because I like saying this. God is before you. God is behind you. And he's always beside you. I want you to put your hand on your heart and you say, God is before me. God is behind me. And he's always beside me. Oh, come on. I I need you to say it better. God is before me. God is behind me. And he's always beside me. Meryl, I want you to say it. I want you to say it again. God is before me. God is before me. And And God God is is always, 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 
always, always, always beside me. And this is the only way that you can get rid of fear out of your life. Because all fear wants you to do is to focus on your problem. And what God wants us to do is focus on his presence. And so here's the Lord revealing himself to Joshua. Joshua, I already told you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Remember Joshua chapter 1, the fear not, fear not, fear not. And sometimes we want to not fear, but it wants to grip our hearts. Well, what's the secret to not fearing? By being focused on the presence of God. Just God is before me. God is behind me. God is always beside me. It takes the fear away because your focus is now on the Almighty. He's right there by your side. Come on, some of you just need to quote the scriptures a bit more often. You know, how many of you know that the name of God is Emmanuel? Everybody say Emmanuel. Who knows what Emmanuel means? God is with us. God is with us. That's his name. That's his covenant name. God is with you. So what you're facing right now is not bigger than God. And what you've got to do is take your eyes off what you are facing and begin to put your eyes onto the presence of God and just begin to say, God is before me. God is behind me and God is forever beside me. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Do not fear, for those who are with you are more than those who are with them. Come on, this is, this is something that you need to get into your spirit over and over again. It's first principle to overcome your Jericho is to see the presence of God and invite the presence of God. Second principle to overcome your Jericho is faith. Everybody say faith. So you have what's called the natural reality, and you have what's called the spiritual reality. The natural reality and the spiritual reality. Our problem in the West is that we're taught only to see the natural reality, and we're not taught to see the spiritual reality. But if you come to Life Source Church, we're going to teach you to see the spiritual reality. So he's Joshua. And it's, it's true. The natural reality was that Jericho was securely shut up. That's what it says in verse, chapter 6, verse 1. The walls reached up to heaven. It looked like an impenetrable citadel. And it was like that in the natural realm. And so all the inhabitants of Jericho felt very, very, very smug about their power base. In the natural, it seemed impossible. So if you had scientists or strategists or anybody that thinks on a natural realm ascertain the situation, they'd say, those people are going to win, you're going to lose. It's as simple as that. It's an impenetrable citadel. But how many of you know that God does not only live in the natural realm, he lives in the spirit realm? And so what we need to do is to connect with the divine presence that takes us out of the natural into the spiritual. Because chapter 6 verse 2 says, see, Joshua, I want you to see. See what? Because if you're seeing in the natural realm, it looks like an impenetrable fortress. 
Spirit of God says, no, I want you to see in the spirit realm. And what do I see? I see that the Lord has already given Jericho into your hands. See, I have. Not see, I will give Jericho. It doesn't say I will. It says I have. I want you to stop there for a second and understand this, that God is not limited to your time era. See, because of our physical realm, we are limited to just one time. We live in the present. But God is outside of time. He lives in the past, the present, and the future. And so where God is able to dwell is in the future. And so from the future, God can see where you are at. He can see your journey. That's why he can prophesy to you because he's already living in your future. He's already existent in your future. He knows your end from your beginning. He knows how your story is going to end. You are in the middle of your story. God's already at the end of your story. He he knows how your story is going to end. He's written the Bible, the end of the story. If you want to know how the story of the Bible ends, read the last book of the Bible and it tells you the story ends. We get to win. <laughs> I love that. And so he said, okay, Joshua, I want you to see what I see. And what I see is that I've already given you the city. It already belongs to you. And so Joshua had to sort of lift himself out of the natural into the spiritual and see what God sees. When you begin to see what God sees, that's when faith is released. It's hard to have faith when you only see what's in front of you. It's hard to have faith when you only see the natural, when you only see your need, when you only see your fortress that stands against you and the promises of God. But I want you today to begin to see what God sees. And some of you just need to close your eyes in the natural realm and open them up in the spirit realm and begin to see visions and dreams and begin to see what God sees over your life and begin to see the breakthroughs and begin to see the healing and begin to see the deliverance and begin to see that God has already given you the victory. Begin to see. That's what faith is. Faith is. So first thing you need is the presence of God, the divine connection. Second thing you need is faith. The, to be able to see the spiritual reality. The third thing you need to break through is what I call a now word. Everybody say a now word. A now word is the word of the Lord for now. And so what Joshua, what happened to Joshua is that God gave him a now word. Okay, the now word for you, Joshua, you want this the city to, to fall down, what you need to do is march around it once a day for six days. Just once a day for six days. Can you imagine how ridiculous that would have looked? You want to take a city, and God says, just take a walk. So put your armed men at the front, then seven priests with seven trumpets, then after the seven priests with seven trumpets, have the Ark of the Covenant following them. 
And there's four priests, each holding one of the edges of the ark through poles. And then after that, you have the armed men and then the whole army of God and, and, and you're marching around it. Just everybody quiet for six days. Can you imagine what they would have said from the walls of Jericho? What's the matter with you people? Why don't you come up and fight us? Can you imagine? But this was the now word of the Lord. The now word of the Lord. And then on the seventh day, you have to march around seven times. Seven times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And on the seventh time, the priests had to blow their trumpets in one long trumpet blast. And the people had to shout the shout of victory. And you know what? This is, this is the amazing thing. Is that when they shouted the shout of victory, the Bible tells us that it immediately at the shout of victory, the walls fell flat. How awesome is that? But it's a now word. And the now word for them, it was never repeated again. They went to Ai, the next city, and they didn't march around it 13 times. It was just, that wasn't the way that it worked. Sometimes there's a now word and we try to copy yesterday's now word and it just becomes stale. There's a now word for you. What does God want you to do? What does God want you to do now? And because, you know, sometimes it's contradictory. What's contradictory? Sometimes the now word is to let go. Other times the now word is to hang on. And so some people are hang on people. And some people are let go people. So how many of you are hang on people? We're going to hang on, hang on, hang on. And sometimes there are things that we've got to let go. And that becomes the now word. And it's like, oh, oh, oh I, I, I thought I was supposed to hang on. No, there are things that you're supposed to hang on to, other things that you're supposed to let go. So what's the now word for you? See, how many of you know that sometimes you've got to rebuke the storm? How many of you are rebuke the storm sort of people? Well, Paul had to weather the storm. How many of you know that Paul didn't rebuke the storm? He had to weather the storm. And in the weathering of the storm, he ended up landing at Malta and preaching the gospel. And actually, the Maltese to this day are grateful to God for the storm that brought Paul to their shore. And so sometimes we've got to rebuke the storm. Sometimes we've got to weather the storm. So, so if, if you're trapped in yesterday's word, you don't know what the now word is for today. So God, what about for me today? Do I rebuke the storm or do I weather the storm? Hear the now word. Here's another one. Um, do, do we fight for our cause or do we just let go and God vindicate? Do we fight or do we vind- let God vindicate? Uh, you know, sometimes we just got to fight for that which is right. Other times you just got to step back and let God vindicate. But here's the question. Have you got the now word for your situation? Jesus actually spat into the mud, spat into the dirt and made a clay ball, a little spitball. Did you know this story? He spat into the ground. How many of you know that's pretty gross? Just to spit into the ground. But then to actually pick up the spittle and make it into a clay ball, that's really gross. But you know what's even grosser? Then to take that spitball and stick it into someone's eyes. 
How many of you know that's really, really gross? Okay, so if you've got eye problems here, unless God speaks to me and says, the now word is to spit into their eye, I won't spit into your eye, even though it's biblical. But is it the now word? Is it the now word? So here's the big question. John, how do you get the now word? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that question. I'm going to give you how to get a now word. Number one, get into the presence of God. You don't get a now word outside of God's presence. You need to get a now word in the presence of God. Just begin, just begin to call upon the name of Jesus. Put some worship music on. Anything that lifts up the name of Jesus, create an atmosphere around you where the presence of God is. Number two, When you're in the presence of God, that's when you can listen to his voice. See, it's in the presence that you hear his voice. It's in the presence that you hear. So some of you wanted to hear his voice, but you're not in the presence. So God, speak to me. But you're not creating anything where God's presence is for his voice to speak. Now, God can do anything whenever, and he can speak to you anywhere. I've got no issues with that. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Create an atmosphere where God's presence is. Then his voice can speak to you. Then, then what you need to do is look for the peace to accompany the voice. Because there are so many voices that come into our heads. And we can go, is it God? Is it me? Is it me? Is it God? Is it God? Is it me? Is it me? Is it God? Is it someone else? Is it the devil? Is it the devil? Is it God? Is it me? Is it me? Is it God? Is it the devil? And so we can get so confused. But let me tell you what I've discovered is this, is that when God speaks, his peace accompanies it. So look for the peace. The peace of God. The peace of God will be the umpire of your heart and mind. That's what Paul told the Ephesians. Then, then the, the last thing that you need to do is this, is that make sure that the voice of God is confirmed through the word of God and the people of God. God will never contradict his word. So he inspired the word. So he's not going to tell you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. So the Word of God becomes the the measuring stick, which we measure everything. But then what God has done is that He's given us His people. He's given us the church. He's given us the leaders that God has placed in authority over us. And if it's confirmed in the Word and around the godly people around you, then that's the Word of the Lord. That's the now Word. Something will happen in your life. you got the now Word. How awesome is that? Last point. I'm going to finish. So if you want to bring this Jericho down, first thing, divine connection. Secondly, is faith. You've got to look at it through the spiritual reality, not just the natural reality. Thirdly, you've got to get the now Word. And fourthly, It all comes to obedience. Every breakthrough is connected to obedience. What happened was this. When they did all that God had asked them to do, the walls came down. It wasn't on the sixth march of the sixth day. It wasn't even the first march of the seventh day or the second march or the third march or the fourth march. It wasn't even after the seventh march of the seventh day. It was 
Not even after the trumpets blasted, after the seventh march on the seventh day. It was only after they'd fulfilled all that God had asked them, when they shouted the shout of victory after the trumpet blast, after the seventh march on the seventh day. Once they had fully obeyed God, the whole thing came down. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Can I just say obedience just simply involves staying close to God and saying yes to God. Come on up, Amelia. By the way, it's great to have you back. It's awesome to have Amelia and the family back. They've been away for a month. It's great to have them back. They came, the walls came tumbling down. That impenetrable fortress that placed fear and aggravation in their hearts came tumbling down. How awesome is that? That they saw God working with them. This wasn't their strength. Guys, don't think, oh, well, they found the resonance. It was just, it was a scientific resonance that they got. And all of a sudden, don't, don't go there. This is a miracle. This is not something that man did. It was something that God did. It's God working with us. How many of you need a miracle? How many of you need a miracle? Yeah, someone's got two hands lifted up. I think we all need a miracle. And a miracle is something that you cannot manufacture. I mean, you can't make a miracle happen. You need God. Everybody say, I need God. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, I need God. Can I just say to you that if you're trying to do it by yourself, there's no guarantee of success. But if you have God on your side, you will succeed. He knows the end of your story. Your story right now might be a difficult one. But you're still here. You're still here. So if you're still here, it means your story isn't over. Your story is not finished. You're still here. And while you're still here, there's an opportunity for God to break in and give you an incredible story. Huh? You know what God wants to do? He wants to turn your mess into a message. Your test into a testimony. Your trial into a triumph. your pain into gain God's not finished with you yet you know what you got to determine you got to determine whose side you're on as for me and my house we're on the Lord's side that because there's there's a battle line there's a line of demarcation we decided we're stepping over that line onto the Lord's side we're not we're not we're not playing the game of being on the line we're not playing that game because we've determined we're going to make a decision we're going to make a strong one 
And the strong decision is we're crossing over the line onto the Lord's side. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, today I want to give you a challenge. Whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side or the other side? Or are you just trying to, to just, you know, just work the line? Because if you're working the line, you're what the Bible says, neither hot nor cold. And if you're neither hot nor cold, there's no victory. There's only defeat. Today, let's make a decision of saying, I'm getting on the Lord's side. Because there's victory on the Lord's side. Some of you are saying, well, John, how do I get on the Lord's side? Very simply, got to call upon the name of the Lord. You've got to put, a, you've got to put aside your, your pride and just begin to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. It's like the blind beggar on the dusty road in Jericho. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Why are you making such a noise? Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Stay where you are. All the more he shouted, Jesus, son of David, I desperately need you. Have mercy, mercy upon me. There was no ambiguance. He was ready to cross that line onto the Lord's side. People were trying to pull him back. Bartimaeus was not going to be deterred. Today, I determined to be on the Lord's side. I determined to call upon the name of the Lord. He's the only one that can save me. He's the only one who can forgive me. He died upon the cross for my sins. He made a way where there was no way. He opened the door to eternal life. Some of you maybe made this decision when you were in kids' ministry years and years ago, but the enemy has deceived you and pulled you back into the world. But now it's time for you to hear the voice of God God calling you saying come onto the Lord's side come onto the Lord's side this is the victory side this is the winning side this is the side that gets to win this is the side that gets to bring down barriers and citadels and strongholds this is the side that wins forever get onto the Lord's side and today I speak into your spirit and say it's time to get over that battle line and say as as far as I am concerned today I want to make a decision I am on the Lord's side amen hallelujah thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church audio lounge if you like this week's podcast then please share it with a friend More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Lifesource Christian Church Audio Lounge.